How many are ready for the word? No, you're not very excited. How many are ready for the word? Amen. Come on. It's quick, sharp, powerful, than any two-edged sword. Come on. This is tough stuff. Amen. The word washes, cleanses us. It's an awesome thing. Amen. So let's get into it. Let's get into that. Praise God. So let's, uh, let's talk about this. We're on, the, uh, we're on the topic of the Sermon on the Mount. This is the last of the eight Beatitudes, right? And I've entitled this Saltine Christians. Saltine Christians. I thought I'd look this up, and actually the Saltine Cracker was invented by F.L. Summer in 1876. And uh, the thing of it is he used baking soda in the, in the leavening process, and it caused that cracker to be flat, and then he put what on it? Salt. Key ingredient is the salt, right? And we've been eating it ever since. Probably everyone in here has a pack of saltine crackers at home or some kind of cracker with salt on it. Very popular. Amen. You just eat it like it is, or you can use it as a transportation device for other food. In other words, you can put cheese on it, okay? All right. Some of you are really slow today. I don't know what you think. Or whatever you want to put on it. You know, right? it, it's, it just, in fact, when it came out, it just went through the roof. People were just crazy about it. It's something new. And, uh, but the salt made the difference. Can you imagine a cracker with no salt? Can you imagine this world without? So Jesus talked about the last of the eight. Right after that, he goes into salt and light. And there is a connection. It's not a random thing. Remember we said the Beatitudes, the beautiful attitudes, are like a ladder. You've got to start at the bottom rung where you, you, you realize your need of Him and you mourn over your sin and you, and you go on through the eight. If you miss, if you miss a rung on the ladder, you've got to start over at the bottom and you climb back up. But isn't it interesting that you climb the eight rungs of the ladder and when you get to the last one, it's persecution. <laughs> when you get through everything else, you think you've arrived, that's when you get persecuted. But Jesus is saying, if you live the eight Beatitudes, then and only then, now I'm not talking about perfection, but you, you're understanding, you're working at it, you're there. When you, when you live these eight, that's when you become salt. That's when you become light. How many know when you first got saved, you were not salt? Oh, I know some of you were born saved. Okay. But for the rest of us who lived a life, if you know what I mean. Come on. Anyway, some of us have a past. How many of you are exes? You know what I mean? You're an ex. A lot of exes in this church. Former this, former that. I won't list all your sins, but you've had a few. And some of us were born saved. But when we, when we were first saved, we were not all that salty. We, we really were not influencing until we got to that place. So let's, let's look at the Scriptures. And by the way, he says, and, and, he, and then Jesus says something really weird. He says, oh, by the way, when you're persecuted, that's when you get happy. That's when the joy comes. It's no wonder some of you are so sour. 
You're not persecuted. You say, well, I'm just smart. No, you're just not living right. If you were living right, somebody would know it and not like it, especially in this day and age. Are you judging me? I said, no, I'm just living right. Matthew 5, verse 10. Let's go through this. Blessed are those. Remember what we said about blessed? That means accepted. Accepted by God. You are all loved by God. You are not always accepted by God. Accepted are those. Approved are those. That's a better word. Are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Well, we'll come back to that. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I believe the power is in the persecution. I I believe when people come against you, that's when you start living the kingdom life. Come on now. Blessed, approved are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake, for my sake, for my sake. The, the definition of the word persecution, it doesn't mean they're necessarily shooting a gun at you or throwing you in jail. It means to chase after somebody, to harass somebody. Now, under, those, under that kind of definition, most of us probably have had moments of persecution where somebody came against us verbally and harassed us because of our stand as a Christian, Right? So, so when you say persecution, we're not just talking about giving your life, but anytime you are shamed, how many know people love to shame other people nowadays? If you don't believe the way they believe, they're going to shame you. So all that's included in the word persecution. But listen, he says rejoice and be exceedingly glad. You should be doing a jig when they come against you. They, some, they, they come against you, you're like, All right, so listen, I couldn't dance when I was in my 20s, so don't, don't it is a Charlie Brown dance. Um, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Why? For great is your reward. There is a reward for persecution. Some of you have a lot of rewards for that. And some of you have empty baskets. In heaven... For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You're not the first one to get it. (laughs) Believe me. And then he goes into this. Because, like I said, if you live this thing, you are salt. You are the salt of the earth. But listen, if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing. I didn't say it. I mean, I did say it. He said it. I'm quoting him. It is good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Wow. You are the light of the world. A city that's set on a cannot be hidden. Watch that. We'll come back to that. Cannot be, but nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a lampstand, and it gives the light to all who are in the house. And then verse 16 says this, let your light 
let your, you're in control of this. Let, allow your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. <coughs> so that they'll see your good works and what? Glorify your Father in heaven. Wow, praise God. We need to operate in that kind of power. Look at Acts chapter 5 and, and verse 40. And, and they agreed with him. And, and, and <clears throat> when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, they commanded them. I don't think any of us have ever been ordered not to preach, but it's coming. They commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they left and said, whoa, that was a close call. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer. Shame for his name. Wow, they rejoiced that they were worthy enough for persecution. They didn't complain that they were persecuted. <clears throat> and watch this. And daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching. They told them to shut up. They picked it up. Every day they're preaching and teaching Jesus as the Christ. <clears throat> John 15 and verse 20. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, capital M, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. You're not above the master. If he's persecuted, so will you. I said, if he, if you, Second mm. Corinthians four seventeen, for our light affliction. This is Paul talking. You know, you know about his light affliction. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us. And you stop right there. Your persecution is working for you. It's not working against you. It's not, it's not what's whole. If those people would just stop talking about me, no. It's working for you. Boy, if you were close to somebody, I'd have you fist bump them and say, it's working for you, buddy. Are you all here? Well, the fire, I mean, you, church started at 11 o'clock. You had enough sleep. I don't care if you went to bed at midnight. You're Okay. It's working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Just remember, it's working for you. One man said persecution is like sails on a ship. You just go farther, smoother, less energy. It's better than rowing. Some churches, their, their, their power is rowing. And other churches, their power is the wind of the Spirit. Huh? Oh, that'll preach. That'll preach. We'll save that for another day. So here's the, here's the process. First, you're a witness. Then persecution comes. And then you're happy that you're persecuted. So you go right back out and witness some more. And the persecution probably increases. Amen? And then you're happier. 
You're just getting happier and happier. Come on now, church. I wish we had time to talk about some of the testimonies of people who gave, who just were crucified or burnt, burnt alive. And as they're burning alive, they, they're seen talking to Jesus with great joy on their face. And the people around them are getting saved, the ones that put them on the cross, on the pole. Come on, church. We just, we just, see, that took time to build that kind of joy and that kind of peace because it's working for them. Let's revisit this scripture, Matthew 5, in the Passion Translation. Let's go to verse 13. He says, your lives are like salt among the people, but if you, like salt, become bland, how can your saltiness be restored? Flavorless salt is good for nothing. It will be thrown out and trampled on by others, okay? Your lives light up the world. Let others see your light from a distance. For how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? You can't hide a city. And who would choose a, a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, it's placed where everyone in the house can benefit from the light. So, don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that the commendable things you do will shine as light upon them, and then they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. So salt. Salt was used to prevent decay, to preserve food. I know this is shocking to some of you, but Jesus did not have a refrigerator. He did not travel in a motor home. He, how did they preserve meat back then? They salted it. They would pack it with salt, and it could last for months. I don't know, a year maybe, if you put enough salt in it. I don't know what it tasted like, salty. But salt kills bacteria, and it prevents decay. And it preserves. This is what Christians do to the world. In spite of what the evolutionaries say, that we're getting better and better and better, you know, in some way we're, we know more, but we're more stupid. Hello? We know more, but we're dumber? My Jesus, help us. Boy, don't get me started. Don't get me started. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jesus, help us. Dim lights, dim lights. <laughs> the lights, you know, it's like the light's on, but nobody's home. Nobody's home and the light. Well, how does that go? No, never mind. Listen. When we see what goes on in the world today, we kick God out. So that's what this world looks like without God. And it's funny that they, all the problems we see in the world now, they blame us for it. They say Christians are the reason that the world is in, no, no, no. The reason the, the world is in a mess is because you kicked us out. 
you kicked us out of schools, you, you changed the laws, and you, you kicked us out of society, and then you wonder why there are no morals and why people act the way they act. My answer is, duh. You take the salt out, and then you wonder why the world is decaying. We don't just season the world. We don't just spice up the world. We actually keep the world from decaying. And to prove it, one of these days the rapture is going to occur and God's going to take the church out and guess who appears as soon as we leave? The Antichrist. Thessalonians says that which withholds will will withhold until he comes. In other words, that's talking about the church, I believe. The church is holding back the powers of darkness. By the way, I got a newsflash. We're not doing as well as we used to. (laughs) We're not doing as well as we used to. You can blame the world for being wicked, but really judgment begins at the house of God, and we've got to say, we're not doing our job. We need to be salt to prevent decay and to preserve this world. And and, and in spite of, the, you know, to stop the natural process of becoming worse and falling apart. Decaying. Wow. But you know what? Salt also regulates your body. You have to have salt to live. Now, don't go home and overdose because you already have. Salt is not, no doctor ever prescribes salt (laughs) because you have enough. The world, the food industry has made certain of that. Amen. But I, but I remember I remember when when I was in boot camp down in down in Florida. Before that, I had never been south of Iowa. Okay, and I said I'm going south, and it was in August. I didn't think that through. And um, I I remember being in boot camp, and they said you need to take your salt tablets. I said I never heard of a salt tablet. Why would I take a salt tablet? And when I start getting those leg cramps. Uh, I figured out I should have took my salt tablets because if, you, if, you, if you're dehydrated, when you sweat, you lose that salt, and it can affect your heart, your kidneys, your liver. All your vital, vital organs can shut down if you don't have enough salt. It's very important. We, we actually owe a lot to salt because in 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 back in the day America 200 years ago as far as that goes thousands of years ago the animals would find the salt and they would make trails to those salt and the indians would follow the trails and then we followed the indian trails and then we made them wider because we have wagons and then we made them and then we paved them because we have cars and a lot of the major roads we have today used to be animal trails. And the animal trails were caused because of salt. Isn't that interesting? Even animals are smart enough to know, I need salt. Put a salt lick out and you'll draw all kinds of creatures. Amen. Salt, salt, got to have it, got to have it. But watch this. He said, if salt loses its saltiness, 
Now, literally, they tell me salt cannot lose its saltiness. I guess no matter how long it stays out, it might get hard, but you, you can't lose its saltiness. But if you dilute it enough, if you mix enough junk in it, it won't taste salty anymore. It might be in there, but you're not tasting it because other flavors are overwhelming it or liquids are overwhelming it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You may be a Christian and you may have salt, but if you have mixed too much of the world into your life, you will lose your saltiness. And he said the only thing it's good for at that point is to throw it out on the road because salt, though it is necessary to life, it is a herbicide and it will kill things. And we Christians, listen, if you're not... If you're not a real Christian, it's, it's not a neutral thing. You're, you're actually causing harm. If you're not a real Christian, you're actually killing things. And back in the day, they would throw salt on the roads because that would kill the plant life. Well, it's quiet in this house. Did we change denominations? What happened here? Yeah. There's, there's even in ancient times when you conquered a city, a king, in fact, Judges chapter 9 talks about it. Abimelech did this. They actually would plow salt into the land, and then they, they couldn't grow plants. They couldn't grow crops on it for years. I want to be good for something. And if we lose our saltiness, Christians, we are good for nothing. It is not enough to say, I'm a Christian, and hide your light. You will lose your effectiveness. Here's what he says about light. He said, you can't hide a city. Now, remember, they didn't have electricity back then, right? And it's kind of like when you see a satellite and you look down on a country. I'll never forget looking at Korea. I wasn't up there, but looking (laughs) through a satellite. And North Korea was almost completely black, completely dark. And you can almost see the line where South Korea, and South Korea is all lit up. It's an amazing picture. It tells an amazing story. It's it's said, I I forget which city it is now, but it said that that little town that Jesus grew up in, because out in the country, uh, people were poor, and they did not, it was very expensive to light candles and lamps. And if you were poor, when the sun went down, you generally just went to bed. And when the sun came up, you got up, right? So out in the countryside, you got to imagine this, everything is completely dark every night, completely dark. I remember being on, on a ship at night. I've never seen, I mean, I put my hand right here and could not see my hand. It was so dark. In fact, I almost fell over the ship once because it was so dark. I didn't, I was... Uh, are y'all interested? I was, <laughs> I was, I was holding on the rail, and there's a little thing where they put the gangplank, and they just put a chain there, and I'm going along feeling the rail, and suddenly, and I almost fell into the ocean, and I don't even know how to swim. You can only float in the ocean in the dark so long. They wouldn't have found me. I mean, they wouldn't even know when I was gone till morning. I would not be here. 
I got one, thank God, nothing, nothing. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. So when Jesus was growing up, there was a city near him. And so I, I believe, you know, in the darkness, he could see the glow of that city many miles away. Because a lot of the homes and the richer homes, they would have lights and they would burn candles at night. But listen, you can't hide that. We say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the church. When the church is really the church, you cannot hide that light. I said when the church is really the church, you cannot hide the light. But here's the problem. Then he talks about one light. He talks about you and me. And he says, if you have one light in the house, it doesn't make sense to put a basket over it and hide the light. I remember as a kid, my grandmother did not have electricity. And she didn't have running water, which really made going to the bathroom when it's 20 below zero an experience and a quick one. But I remember my grandmother had a kerosene lamp. And it's just something about a kerosene lamp because that would be the only light in the room. And it, the shadows that it casts and the, the flickering light. And as a child, I never forgot that. And when the power goes out, I've got an old kerosene lamp and I'll light that. And immediately it takes me back to Grandma back there in Minnesota with no electricity. Some of you might remember those days. And it, it, just, it just felt homey. It felt warm. It, you know, and then, and then you would, sometimes they would take it from one room to the other and how the light would just die in one room and light up the next room. I, I just have a lot of memories with that. And Jesus is saying, why would you hide that light when you're the only light? And how many times you are the only light. You are the only Bible they read. God help us. Listen, light doesn't just brighten a room. Light gives life. Light, right? Nothing lives without light. Nothing lives without light. I, I have like 40 pots of flowers all, on all four sides of my house. I lo love to do that. And, and, of course, you have to know, is it a shady spot or a sunny spot? And if it's sunny, you, you, you pick those flowers, and they're big and bold and bright and colorful. And th there are flowers that grow in the shade, right? But they're smaller, maybe not as bright. It cannot be hid if you're a city, but it can be hid if you're an individual. You know, here's a good illustration of the, how the light works. I've got a bunch of solar lights. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Solar lights around my house. And of course, I noticed something. The ones that are exposed to the sun all day long burn all night long. Are you hearing me? And the ones that are in the sun for only a couple hours, when the sun goes down, they only burn for a couple hours. Right? Here's my word to you, church. <laughs> this world's becoming a very dark place. 
And you cannot be light through your own efforts. You can only be light if you live in the light. I'm not talking about S-U-N. I'm talking about S-O-N. We need to spend time in His presence. We need to be praying and in the Scriptures, in the Word. We need to be basking in His presence. Come on, church. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? As we are exposed to the light. That's how long you'll burn in the night. Some people can't handle the persecution. They can't handle. I know why. I know why you're not shining. Because you're not. How do, how do those solar lights work? They just look at the sun and they just collect energy. Watch it, watch it, watch it. They collect energy. They collect power. They collect, they collect it and hold it. And then when the sun goes down, they release that energy. What a great illustration how Jesus works. Because in places he said, I'm the light. And he, he never really says you reflect the light. He says you are the light. Well, is he the light or are we the light? Both statements are true. Because we, we sit in the light. We stand in the light. You were in the light when you were praising God this morning. And as you did, you collected that power and that energy. And when you leave from here, you'll be able to shine. Come on, let's praise Him if you know what I'm saying. Amen. Wow. Wow. Here's my question for you. Here's my question for you. How, you know, what's your wattage? I, I guess they measure it in lumens. And some are only a couple lumens. Some are 10, 20, and some are, are you know, a thousand lumens. What's your wattage? We were at a, at a place where you're watching the fireworks last night, and a couple little girls, they had a jar, and they were collecting fire, fireflies. And I told them, I says, well, I, I guess if you connect enough, you'd have a flashlight. Just fly around, there you go. I don't know if that's possible. But listen, are you a firefly or a supernova? Those fireflies, when the sun goes down, they just, you know, poop. You know, they just pop in, pop out. Y'all didn't even get that one. Come on. They pop in and pop out. They're not really living it. They just, every once in a while. And, and you notice they don't last long after sunset. And you don't see many of them later on in the night. I don't want to be a firefly. I'd like to be a supernova. I, I'd like to be a bright star. I, I, I want to be a light that never goes out. What, what's your wattage? What's your lumens? How much light are you projecting? And, and remember, it's based on how much light you've received. <laughs> 